0: Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Morea is a perinatal mental health certified sleep educator and consultant. She's also a lactation counselor and early childhood development specialist. She's been supporting families in various capacities for almost 25 years as a preschool teacher and director, as well as a postpartum doula. Morea has been teaching sleep education to doulas and other perinatal professionals for 11 years and has been a professional certified life and career coach and business owner for 18 years. Maria is passionate about both parents and professionals getting their needs met, setting healthy boundaries, and finding their personal power in life, in parenting, and in business. She's a mom to a 13-year-old, bonus mom to 5-year-old, proud auntie, songwriter, cat and plant mom, and all-around biology nerd. Maria, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you today. Oh, thank you
1: so much. I'm so happy to be here with you, Jane, and I really love your podcast.
0: I'm so glad. Thank you. Before we get started, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, if you're willing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um,
1: I am someone who's always loved babies. Since the time I was pretty much a baby myself, I was obsessed with babies and playing with babies and taking care of other people's babies. Um, I, uh, I think I've actually been a sleep consultant since I was probably a teenager and, uh, and a nanny and taking care of lots of children. Um, so really it's been a through line in all of life to be taking care of babies, to be thinking about infant sleep and infant feeding. And, um, I was, uh, I eventually became a postpartum doula after I had been a preschool teacher and director for a really long time. And I I was so tired from taking care of um, toddlers and preschoolers and running after them that I made a bit of a transition, became a postpartum doula. Little did I know I'd be working a lot of overnights and I'd be really, really tired again. Um, and pretty much as soon as I became a postpartum doula, I uh, was in a relationship where uh, we decided to have a baby and this baby came much sooner than I thought would happen. And had an incredibly um, stressful, difficult pregnancy, postpartum, severe sleep deprivation, severe, severe sleep deprivation, and a little bar, a little bout of um, postpartum psychosis, and uh, that really led me to focus in on sleep and trying to prevent other parents from suffering the way that I did. And I had to kind of figure out how to heal my suffering in a way that wasn't what I already knew, which was various kinds of um, more traditional sleep training that uh, because I struggled with milk supply a little bit, didn't seem like they were really going to work for me. And uh, and something about being a parent just shifted the way that I thought about sleep. And so I, I kind of just realized I needed to know more about the science of sleep. And so I dove into the science of infant and toddler sleep quite a bit, and then just kind of started creating my own method that worked for me and for wound up being just a whole handful of my friends at the time. And then a local community and I started teaching workshops and that things have just sort of like gradually, slowly bloomed over the last 11 or so years. And uh, now I work with um, clients all over the world um, to support sleep and do a little bit of potty support here and there too. And I teach um, professional sleep consultants in my method or my method and how it relates to other methods we might use at seven.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story, which I think is incredibly relevant and honest and real. And I think also the reason for why so many of us get into this line of work is because we have our own challenges that we experience and hopefully eventually overcome to some degree. And then we feel empowered to help others. That was my story too, in a very different way from yours, but sort of the same framework. I wanted to bring you onto the podcast today to present a little bit of a unique perspective as i consider you to be both a competitor and a friend i bet everyone yeah. i bet everyone who's listening is wondering how the heck this is possible um <laughs> i think that i think that many people who start their own businesses are to some degree fearful of competition and yeah. like to keep a healthy distance from their competitors but I guess you and I are a little bit proof in the pudding that it doesn't need to look that way. Um, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts or ideas for how sleep consultants can minimize their anxiety around competition, because I think that that's uh, something that that so many worry about.
1: Yeah, I have so much to say about this. Um, one of the things that I tell my students is that um, you're mainly in competition with yourself. Uh, and if you start focusing on worrying that you have competition or keeping up with your competition or worrying about what your competition is doing, we start to take our minds away from our own practice, our own business, what we could be doing better, how we could be serving our clients better. Is there something we needed to fix on our website? (laughs) Right? Like there's so many things that we could be doing with our beautiful minds, which are not living in that fear, faithless arena of, you know, someone is going to come to get me and take my clients or we're competing for the same clients. And I think, um, as someone who has owned, I actually owned multiple businesses before I was a sleep consultant. So I was postpartum doula, but I also had, um, a couple of preschools, um, toddler preschools and some of them were storefront and some of them were in home and just, um, And I've also been a life coach for a really long time. So I actually had a consulting practice before I was consulting with parents on sleep. And so I followed everything business, right? You follow all the business gurus and all the things. And I've been doing that for so many years. And one of the things that seems to be a through line in marketing and networking and just good business is that um, it's that people are paying for you not for you know the sleep plan, right? So, so if someone is going to hire you, it's because you're the one for them, right? Or you're the closest so far to the one for them. And so I just really just don't even believe in the idea of true competition, really. Yes, technically we have competitors in the same field, but I just don't really feel like we need to be thinking about competition really at all. So that's just a mindset shift, I think, that we could make, which when I see my students do it, it seems to just help you make money, right? (laughs) Like, if you are focused on your own business and networking with people who are, quote, your competitors, rather than feeling like you're against them, that's going to make you more money and it's going to help you serve more families. and. So that's what I think about competition.
0: <laughs> and and this is why I really, truly love you so much is that like you and I are so different. We're so... On so many different things, we have sort of different. Per- Actually, I don't think our perspectives are so are so different at all. I think that we just uh, market to a different audience is yeah. maybe what it is. But totally. but you and I are are very aligned on a lot of things. And and as much as people like outsiders may look at us and think we are so different, then whenever you and I get talking, it's like we all we always feel the same yeah. way. We you agree know?
1: on so much. I just that one way to think about it might be like. East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, a little bit like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And, and, you know, what you just said that, that it's really just about being in competition with yourself. I think that you hit the nail on the head there. This is something that I realized very early on in my career as a sleep consultant. And I actually think I could take this thought back even a step further. I used to work in catering sales. I worked for a big fancy catering company in Washington, DC, and I would plan parties and, you know, weddings and corporate holiday parties and bar and bat mitzvahs and graduation celebrations. And I was the young kid at at the company. I was the lowest on the totem pole. Um, There were people in the company that were doing You know, six million dollars in sales and I was doing close to two if I was lucky. You know, I was I was at the bottom, but I was not worried about those people who were doing six million dollars in sales. I was just trying to do better than I did the year before for myself. I was trying to grow my own business, I was trying to connect with my own clientele and find people who are connecting best with me and my sense of style and my food choices and my style with whether it be florals or tablecloths. And and I think it's the same thing with sleep. Uh, When I put myself out there, and I think you do this very well yourself. uh, We're putting ourselves out there as authentically ourselves. like we are being ourselves. And people can take that or leave that. But it's not about what everybody else is doing. I want to attract people who are attracted to my messaging and my coaching style and my belief system. And and I don't want people who aren't attracted to my style to work with me, because that's not a good fit. It's and not gonna work
1: out. You know, it doesn't yeah. work
0: out if, if there isn't
1: that attraction first. It's almost yeah. like dating, right? Like, like, there needs to be that attraction first. And if there's that attraction, it's more likely that the other pieces will fall into place. And that'll be a good fit. And if there and if and if, you know, when talking about like clients too, like getting the right client, when we're thinking about like oh I just want that client because I want the money well I'm at a place in my business and probably you are too now where I only want the clients who are like pretty desperate to have me right they want me and they're ready to do it and when that's happening it's going to be a great situation a successful situation for everybody um, yeah. But the way that they the way that that's going to work is initially like that they're attracted to just you and who you are and how you talk to them or how what you put out into the world. Um, so, again, that competition with you, it's really just keep showing up as you keep just being you in the world. And, yeah, you and I are very different in so many ways. And the way that I market myself is pretty niched, um, which, you know is good for business to be fairly niched. And um, I think that uh, you have a certain niche too as well. And even on top of niches, that doesn't mean that you're only gonna get a certain kind of clientele. If you show up and market yourself like toward one ideal client, you're still gonna get other people who are just attracted to who you are as a person. And you and I have businesses that I think are, you know, or methods, shall I say, that are more flexible towards like, oh, yeah, if you want to work with me, I'll work with you and what your situation is, you know, within my level of comfortability. So I think that we are afraid sometimes, professionals are afraid to show up completely as we are and market to the person we want to serve because we're afraid that we're going to like let Uh, we're going to keep other people out. In my experience, that's never been true. I've always gotten the clients who were really aligned with my main message. And I've always gotten the clients who somehow just found me (laughs) from some other way and, um, might not have even chosen me for the specific niche I have, which, you know, is, uh, working with families who are, um, breastfeeding, body feeding, and maybe even bed sharing. Um, And, but I get all the clients who are not doing that because they might just like me because I have tattoos, right? (laughs) Or they might, um, they might like me because their friend sent them to me or, you know, so I think it's so important to, uh, to show up just as us.
0: When you approach me about doing this podcast episode together, which thank you for doing so, because I can already tell this is just like such a important conversation to have. You said that you wanted to discuss how we as entrepreneurs can, and I'm going to, I put this in quotes, I wrote it down, transform our insecurities and stand in the power of our uniqueness. I got goosebumps reading those words. Can you talk to me about that? What did you mean?
1: Um, Well, I meant similar to what I was just saying with like that being fully yourself and not being afraid to niche yourself and not being afraid of your competition. Um, I think that, one thing that I noticed, this is maybe going to get a little bit deep into psychology, but one thing that I noticed about um, people who are in our field, which is like a helping profession, right? Like parent to parent, we're probably people who have spent a lot of time home with our children at some point. Um, we maybe have even had helping profession jobs before the work that we currently do. We might be a two on the Enneagram, a lot of people. Um, we might be, you know, the, those people who are just like helpers and givers, and some of us might be a little codependent in many ways. Um, but I think that along with some of that, and, and also let's just also say sometimes socialized femininity. Um, that we're supposed to show up a certain way in the world. And sometimes that can come with some insecurity. It can come with like, I need to be what other people need me to be. I shouldn't be this full part of myself because somebody might not like that. And in business, especially now that business is very forward facing on the internet, um, the truth is that People won't find us and connect with us if we don't show up like a hundred percent ourselves and in our own power. And I think that, um, when you have a business, people are going to be attracted to you showing up professionally in your business. And one of the ways to show up professionally in business is to show up in your power which, and, and, you know, my tagline on Instagram is the sleep, witch, and I don't mean which, and this was actually uh, a tagline that I didn't come up with myself. People started giving me this and then I went with it. Um, but you know, regardless of religion or spirituality, like to, to, to be in your power as a human being, as yourself, um, gives you a confidence and it also bolsters and protects your business, um, to, to not be wishy washy about all the things, to not feel like you have to say yes to everything. I turn away clients constantly for me, either because it's like not a fit in some sort of way where I don't, um, there's something that they hold dear that that I can't work with or something that they for. let's say here's an example. They want to work with me and they want to have good results, but they want their baby to spend half the night in the crib and half the night in their bed. That's my one. Nope. Nope. The child will never feel secure that way. And I only work in a way where I know that I'm treating babies as kindly as we possibly can even if sometimes there's crying but I need to know that we're being clear with babies and that we're being kind to them so I might say I can't work with you if that's your hard line and I think for professionals it's hard to be in your power like that because you're worried about the next client you're worried about what that client you're turning away might say to other people about that you wouldn't work with them Um but eventually I think you know, you and I have been in business for a while and we teach other professionals. But for those who are just coming into this work, I think that's not something you get to immediately. So if you're not there and you're still scared to turn someone away, that's normal. But it's something to, to, to reach toward that you could be so confident and so in your power that you're happy to refer to the next sleep consultant who likes to work with that situation. I refer people to you. I refer, you know, I refer out all of the time because if it's not an immediate like connection and where we have that attraction, we have the connection and we can agree on what steps to move forward in, um then it's going to serve us to not be in a stressful back and forth with a family and it's going to serve the client to have someone who's gonna do what they're hoping for. So um I think you know when we are when we're looking at our competitors more as referral sources, that's when we can really be in our confidence and in our power. We gotta know who we are. And I think that's where sometimes like journal exercises, like what kind of professional do I want to be? Who do I want to help? Who is my ideal client? Um, what are my no's? What are my hard boundaries? Those are things that we need to know about ourselves in order to, to really um, be in our power.
0: Yeah. I work so hard with my students who are enrolled in CPSM, and I'm sure you do the same with those who you train. I can I can only imagine. I work so hard to try to motivate them and inspire them to find their own voice inside of my program i offer sample sleep plans like people can read my sleep plans that i share with my clients and then when they go to write their sleep plans a lot of them write them using the same exact words as me and it's it that's one of my sticking points i i will kick it back a hundred times you know i always say that if i can anticipate your next sentence then it was my sentence, right? We wouldn't have written those two sentences next to each other, both of us, right? right? Yes. So yes. so I worked very hard to help my students to find their own voice. And I think that this is so important. And some of them will say, but like, you just said it so well. You just said it so perfectly. And it's like, no, I said it so perfectly for me. And and you have to figure out how to say it so perfectly for you. and And there are so many different ways to say, Something similar, but in a way that's entirely unique, and I think that that is so important. Not look at the end of the day, if there are other sleep consultants out there using versions of sleep plans that look almost exactly like mine, that is not. I I'm a firm believer that that's actually not going to hurt my business. I'm not no. worried about it. No, I'm not no. worried about it. At the end of the day, like if they want to try and be me, that's not going to hurt me because I'm the original me. You know, but. But for them to be successful, they need to find their original version of themselves, their authentic truth and their words and their uh, coaching style. And that's ultimately what's going to position them to attract families and to grow their business. I feel really, really strongly about that. I
1: completely agree. I think that when you decide to use your teacher's words um, and you know, in the beginning, people might not have their own words and might need to just like write their first plan using, you know, using the words that they have so far. Um, but to really move toward having their own words, because you're going to be saying all of these things to the clients who you're supporting after you get the plan, most likely. And you want to make sure that you have that language and that language is like, part of what naturally comes out of you. So if it's not your language, then it's not probably naturally going to flow out of you to the people that might even be prospective clients that might be the clients that you work with after you give them this plan. So I do think it is really important to have your own language and way of talking about sleep, or anything you do. really.
0: One thing that I hear all the time from those who are interested in becoming sleep consultants is that they're worried that there are already too many sleep consultants out there. And they're wondering, you know, is there really room in this field for another? I could go on and on about this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And then maybe I'll chime in after I bet you and I will have the same exact thoughts as we typically do.
1: Yeah. I, um, I think that most families who have babies and small children, um, if they can afford it, will want some sleep help at some point if they can find the right fit. And how many babies are being born in this world? So many babies. Um, and certainly there are places where there are less sleep consultants um, there are places that are more. The middle of the country has less sleep consultants, I think, because um, the, there are less trainers in that area and there's maybe less population. Um, but for instance, I lived in the Bay Area in California. I live in Seattle now where there are tons of sleep consultants, lots of postpartum doulas who are sleep consultants. Um, I don't have a problem here and I have a lot of students here. And what's Super beautiful is that on the local groups, I can watch my students not be in competition with one another and everybody's getting work, you know, they're getting work and they're not being mean or in competition. Um, And sometimes someone will tag me and one of my students and I feel a responsibility as the teacher to say like, yeah, here's my information, but the but my students are really awesome, so let's go there. Um, but I also lived in the Bay Area for a few years and there are tons of sleep consultants there. You would, th- like, from my perspective, that's like where there's a, such a plethora. And constantly, I'm still looking at the the Facebook groups of like, you know, people saying like, someone needs this. They're constantly looking for someone there's, there's tons of people looking for professionals even in an area that I might consider really highly saturated. That has to do with the fact that some people are on vacation other people don't take that kind of client. Other people are booked right now. Um, some, some will do in-home but won't go that far. Um, so there are just a zillion reasons why I don't think we need to worry about that. And we are just you know, there's just more babies all of the time. I just personally haven't noticed the kind of competition that would happen in a field where you might think it's oversaturated.
0: Yeah, I always sort of I have two thoughts on this. One, I think, just as you said, there are new babies being born every single day. Most new parents, in my experience, have actually never even heard of a sleep consultant. Like before you're a parent, you generally don't even know what a sleep consultant is. That's been my, that's been my experience. Right. So like every day there are new parents being born and, and they're entering into this universe of all of the different resources that there are for them, whether it's postpartum support, sleep support, baby products, services, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like there are always new families that are sort of entering this, realm that that you and i are working in uh and and i agree with you that my my grandfather who's no longer living he used to always say there's an ass for every seat and <laughs> and i think that that's very fitting here right like yes i'm not i'm not the right fit for everybody and uh neither are you and and they're and it's really important at the end of the day that these families find the right fit and Not every single person who's looking for sleep support is going to be the right fit for me or for you or for one of our students. And and I think it does take some time to build up a clientele that is, you know at this point, I would imagine your business is the same. My business thrives on referrals. So families who have already worked with me share my name with their friends, and then they call me. And generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, it's usually a good fit because those friends have similar parenting styles, have similar comfort levels around sleep training or setting respectful boundaries for their children. So it just seems to get easier and easier and it just starts to work after you've sort of infiltrated a community of friends or an extended network where people Mm -hmm. can share your name. And, And I get that in the beginning, it can feel hard to establish yourself. And I guess that's where the really like honing in on your unique identity and, and your, yourself, like you got to figure out like, who are you and what sort of, what sort of vibe are you putting out there for people to receive and, and how do they understand you as a service provider? I think that's really important because if you never really create that for yourself, then how are people going to be, strongly attracted to you or me or anybody else.
1: Absolutely. So I think the number one thing that you're saying that I totally agree with is that most of your work should come from referrals from happy people. And when we're, again, when we're talking about competition, if you are living in fear of your competition and that's where your mindset is, you are not focusing your energy on being that best sleep consultant for the clients that you currently have. And, um, and when you do really well at your job, that's when you get those referrals and those testimonials. And I think the second, my, I'll just say my second, um, most common way that a family might come to me is actually other professionals. So, other sleep consultants, postpartum doulas, you know, other professionals in our realm. Um, Even, um, and I I noticed this years ago when I was living in the Bay Area and there were so many professionals doing this, lots of postpartum doulas were also doing sleep. Uh, I was actually shocked at that time because this is many years ago. I was shocked at how much, how many referrals I was getting from people who also called themselves sleep consultants uh, and, but there were always reasons it was like, I can't take them on right now. We're not a good fit, you know, oh, we're too close. You know, she's my best friend or whatever. Um, and so I think I learned pretty early on that, um, I needed to be really thinking about networking with these people and making sure that the other pro you know, it would be very easy to not talk about ourselves or our businesses with other professionals who are competitors because we don't want them to know what we do or what we're like, or how we help people or, you know, Um, but if we don't say those things, if we don't talk about that, then they can't know when to refer people to us. So I think we got to be honest and upfront.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, If you had one piece of advice for prospective sleep consultants who are contemplating entering the field, what would you say to them? Somebody who's who hasn't even done it yet, just thinking about it. Um,
1: as in any new entrepreneurship, I think I would um, tell them to be patient, um, to work hard and be patient, because things don't, like, snap into place uh, suddenly, overnight. Um, but if I could add one more thing
0: to that. Yeah, please do. Um, yeah.
1: It would be uh, just what we're talking about to focus on um, knowing who you are in your work and networking, Um, letting people know who you are, talking about what you do constantly. I think a lot of people these days are focused on their social media presence. And let me tell you, that is not how you're going to get clients. It's It's not your perfect reels, you know. Um, it's really, it's great to have that so people can go to it. If they're thinking about working with you, they want to know more about you. They can check out your social media presence. That's great. But that is actually, I've been doing this for a long time. That is actually not how it's going to go.
0: Yeah, I agree entirely. I actually haven't posted to my Instagram grid since September of last year. And at this point, at this point, it's like a bragging point for me. Like I'm purposely not posting on my Instagram so that I can say that I haven't posted on my Instagram grid since September of last year. And I really don't intend to, I mean, if I feel called to, I will, but then it's going to break the streak and then I'm going to have to Figure out another way to articulate that. I really have not been using social media in that way to grow a business. I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's all about making those sort of strategic and meaningful connections, whether it be um, others that are supporting families in other capacities, or just extended network of friends of friends of friends. Um, I, I do agree with you that that is the key. Building relationships is the key to growing a successful business, and I'm so glad. That you said to be patient. This is something that I, we're having this conversation regularly inside of our CPSM community. I think a lot of people enroll in the program and they think, okay, I took a course. I'm going to have a full-time income as a sleep consultant in two or three months. And it's like, you know, how long did it take you to get to wherever you are in your career now? How many years since you graduated college or whatever that looks like for you, right? It could be you've been at this 20 years to earn the income that you're earning and, and now you're going to start from ground zero and and you're going to do it way faster. If you work hard, you're going to do it way faster when you own your own business. I think you can grow at a rate that you could never grow in the corporate world, but but it takes time and it takes persistence and grit and patience and all the things. So I'm really glad that you said that. I think a lot of people
1: in our field
0: are introverts and
1: feel like, oh no, I can't do that. If I have to be really networking and I have to keep showing up and having these conversations and talking to all these people, I can't actually build my business. And um, that's completely untrue because what you and I Jane are talking about can be done in one-on-one conversations over and over and over again, just with people in your community, with the people you're working with, the people that you know, the people who they know, um, you know, just to, those are like just real day-to-day, like sometimes parent-to-parent conversations that we're having that can build you a business. Uh, And I think it's really important to know like anyone can do this, even if you feel like, oh, I can't show up on reels on the internet, you know, You can actually build a business, but it does take, take the time. It takes the effort. It takes that patience. Um, And, uh, and, you know, it also takes some trials and tribulations sometimes. Um, I just taught this workshop on uh, it's called better biz boundaries, baby, um, which is, you know, was just, I was just seeing so much on the, on our professional groups with folks who, I don't know what trainings people are given, but they're not apparently being given trainings on any boundaries when they come out of a lot of these sleep programs. It sounds like you're really supporting people with this, but I'm definitely seeing a lot of trainers in our field, like not helping people understand when to not, when to not bring a client on how to have packages that are not draining you, how to have boundaries around your time. Um, And these are things sometimes, even if you have been taught, like even, so some of my students I've noticed in Sleep Savvy Certification, I've noticed that they, some of them will like take in that information from me and implement it right away. And they like suddenly have great boundaries from the start. And other folks need to, not have great boundaries at first, and then kind of learn the hard lesson and come back to me and say, oh gosh, I wish I had like not done that thing or not offered that thing or, you know, oh, I don't know why I said unlimited text messaging. (laughs) So uh, there there are are those trials and tribulations and in business, you have to be willing to fall down and get back up a little bit. Um, I have this quick story for you um, that I wanted to bring in in terms of the, this like idea of competition um, along these same lines, which is that earlier in my business, I'd say three or four years into my business, I had other professionals steal from me. I had two. Yeah, you have two. So I've had two professionals literally take my curriculum and run with it, and make money with it, and then like so, then like a client or a friend comes back to me and shows me this, this whatever it is, website copy or sleep plan or whatever, and I'm like, just like, whoa, you know. So that has happened, and I've also had two professionals tell other people that I trained and certified them when I didn't, and these are things that just like hurt your heart so much, you know, like, I mean, for me, it was just like sadness and contraction for a second. Um, And no, I'm not going to go after them legally, because (laughs) I don't want to spend the money on the lawyers. And, um, and they probably don't have the money, right. So there's some of these things where we will just notice that like business, like we're hurting in business, like something didn't go the way that we hoped that it would go. And you would think that after those experiences, I wouldn't be sitting here with Jane Havens having this conversation about how we don't really need to be in competition with one another. Um, But even with those foibles along the way, they just, all they did was teach me things. And then eventually I learned to see it as flattery Wow. You know, go ahead, go, go take my thing. Eventually someone, if you keep going with this, eventually someone will like put it together that like, this isn't yours. And if it's not your language, your talking language is probably not going to be the same as my talking language. Right. So I just, I learned to kind of let it go. And, and even with those hard points I'm still able to come back to that center of like, I got to be in my power. I got to have faith in who I am. And the fact that I'm going to connect with people, um, people are maybe going to steal from us continually. um, And that happens. People are going to say bad things about you too. You know, people in business, clients are going to sometimes, I'm sure you've come across this, Jane, but... Sometimes clients are going to think they really want to work with you, get a plan from you and say, yes, I'll totally do this plan, get into the plan and be like, actually, no, I don't have energy or effort. I can't do anything. I'm not going to do anything. And then they might actually somehow tell other people that your plan didn't work, even though they didn't do it. Right. Sure. Even though they didn't utilize your support. Um, And they can tell anyone anything. I think it's just so important that we, we have like a sense of steadiness about who we are and that we are going to keep going no matter what sort of happens to us outside of us. Um, And to know that that's just business. These are all the things that happen in business for every kind of business that stuff happens.
0: Yeah, it's a really um, mature way of talking about it. (laughs) Uh, Because when it happens to me, I get super fired up and I I don't handle it as I think gracefully as the way you just described. but, but the one thing I know to be true, and I've told other sleep consultants who I know this has happened to is that, you know, when somebody takes from you, like takes from you, it doesn't actually take from you, you yeah. know, and and these people who do that, it's from a scarcity mindset, it's from a place of insecurity. Yes. Um, they really, truly believe that they can only be successful if they take from somebody who already has success. and. And my success has never been compromised by somebody taking from me, and it, it never feels good, and it's it's crummy, and it's unfortunate. But um, you know, when you lead with integrity and creativity and authenticity, uh, I think you continue to thrive. And yeah. and when you do the opposite of that, you struggle. And and it is what it is.
1: Yeah. And if you let these sort of difficult situations kind of turn you curmudgeon <laughs> then you're not showing up in your business with like your full heart and passion and all of that for people.
0: Yeah. In the spirit of true abundance mindset and a love for collaboration, I'm going to ask you, my competitor, uh, to share where our listeners can learn more about you. Uh, so share what you want, your website, your social media, whatever you'd love yeah. to share.
1: Um, so the easiest way to find my stuff is on my main website, which is Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, two Vs, parenting support.com. Um, There's a, there's a sleep pros um, tab where you can find um, workshops and certification course. And also you can see who was certified, although many people don't get their bio and photo back to me. So many certified people on there who are not actually on there. Um, and, uh, and you can also, you know, you can take a look at my family courses, I have a, a, a zero to 15 months course. Um, it's called Sleep Savvy Baby. Um, that's right on the front page, uh, homepage of my website. And there's a toddler course, um, 16 months to five years. that's um, called I Love You Good Night. And, um, and Sleep Savvy Certification is how um, professionals work with me, where we um, have sort of online class, and a lot of one on one um, mentorship. So that's sleep savvy certification.com.
0: Thank you so much for both first of all, like reaching out and asking if we could do this and having such a thought provoking and respectful, kind, wonderful conversation amongst Colleagues, competitors, and friends. Mm. Uh, So, thank you so much. And we definitely will have to do it again. This conversation sparked so many ideas in my mind. So, now I want to have you back to talk about all different things. So, uh, hopefully, this is the first of many conversations to come. Thank you again. You know,
1: Jane, you show up so beautifully whenever I talk with you or see any comments of you uh, on our groups and on our professional groups. And it
0: just, I was like,
1: ah, you have this wonderful platform we could teach some people some things.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think we did. I think we I really did, did yeah, today. We did. So thank you. And we'll do it again soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me too.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe. This helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.